Again, this is Dory Locke, and on behalf of Sci Seminars, I would like to be the first to welcome you to the Sci Seminars monthly call highlighting the tools and techniques from the basic seminar. And tonight, we are going to be discussing wealth and abundance. So let's get started. I have the pleasure of introducing our facilitator for this call. He began his journey with Sci Seminars in 1991 by taking the basic seminar. And in 1995, he became an instructor for the class. And as a direct result of using the tools in the class, he married the woman of his dreams. He is also known as the world's greatest father of a 10-year-old son and 19-month-old twins. In addition to his commitment to facilitating precise seminars, he owns a motorcycle suspension company. He is the first person ever to exceed 200 miles an hour on an electric motorcycle and the current world record holder having hit 215.9 miles an hour. So please help me welcome Mr. Paul Feed to the call. Uh, Paul, are you with us this evening? I'm here. Excellent. So I am going to turn this call over to you, sir, and we are definitely looking forward to hearing what you have to share with us about wealth and abundance. Yeah, well, let, let me actually address the uh, world's greatest father just for a moment. Uh, that's that's what my that's what my twins say. Okay. <laughs> so, I know that you might you know have a difficult time uh, you know with them being only 19 months, but anyway, uh, anyway, no, I, I'm really glad to be here. And actually, this you know when I was asked to do uh, you know the the to talk on this subject, it's really really a neat subject to talk about it's it's actually a huge subject because it really encompasses everything that we talk about in the basic seminar it's advanced seminars it's it's uh you know all the stuff that's out there all put together and it really is how do we gauge our own level of knowledge of of uh you know all, all of these concepts frankly it's the results that we have in our life. Now, the truth of the matter is that we can have results uh, as far as wealth and abundance, and uh, it could, frankly, the, the major effect that some people get or this major benefit is is that they create incredible relationships or, you know, they patch up, a, uh, you know, something that they're struggling with, um, you know, as far as having passion for life or or, you know, they're struggling in, you know, divorce or, uh, you know, whatever, being a father or a mother or whatever it is. And, you know, but the truth is, is that what we want and the reason why we pay the price to do any of this work is that we want results. And it, this is a tangible area where we can look at it and go, you know, wow, I am creating results. And, uh, you know, you said I, I was, I, I did my basic back in 91, which, you know, that's, that's a ways to go at this point. It's funny how quickly that goes. But, um you know, I, I look at um, where I was back then and where I am today, and I know that this is not a call about me. People didn't, you know, when, when this actually was presented, you know, it didn't say, hey, it's Paul Feed, you know, he's going to be on the on the presentation. So it, it's not about me, and the truth is that for me, it is about me, you know, um, because it's a matter of me being able to take this stuff and applying it to my own life. And the truth is, is that that's the most difficult part about any concept or anything that we learn is how do we apply it to our own lives. And, you know, what's funny is that I, I looked at the, the intro for this, you know, Wealth and Abundance, you know, teleseminar here, and, and I'll, I'll read it off of, the, off of what was on the website or off of the email. It says, wealth comes in many forms, yet no matter what the form, the laws for attaining it are the same. Learning how to live in harmony with these laws can unlock a treasure chest of lifelong prosperity and abundance. You know, so I'm reading that and I'm going, okay, I like that. <laughs> so next one is, during this month's teleseminar, we'll explore the universal laws of wealth and abundance and discuss practical ways we can put them into action. And then, you know, again, all good. And then the next sentence here, when you increase the value of your contribution to the world, when you start giving what you would want to receive, you can begin to welcome greater wealth in all forms into your life. And actually, as I read that, I went, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's, that's the entire presentation there. 
when you increase the value of your contribution to the world, when you start giving what you would want to receive, you can begin to welcome greater wealth in all forms in your life. And, you know, it's like, okay, right there hidden in the second paragraph of the intro to this thing, you know, is the answers. And part of the, part of the problem with this, I think for most people, is that they know the, the concepts. You know, they've read Think and Grow Rich, or they've seen, you know, or heard The Secret. Or they see, you know, the, the pieces in the Bible that, that speak to this. And so we know about this stuff, but the problem still is, how do I apply it to my life? Or what is it that's stopping me from applying it to my life? Why do I keep doing the same stuff that I've been doing, but yet I know that there's a better way? Or I know that there's a way to do it. Now, you know, let me, let me back up. And actually, I think one of the best places to start might be Think and Grow Rich, because really, Think and Grow Rich is one of the key things that occurred in the, uh, you know, in the recent past to kind of jumpstart or really take, you know, kind of the whole personal growth thing to the next level. I mean, you, it, the truth is that this stuff has been passed down from generation to generation for thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of years, perhaps. Um, but, you know, you've got a man like Emile Cooey, who was a French pharmacist who, who discovered the placebo effect, which is basically he would, he would talk up, a, you know, one of the medicines that he was handing out, and he would say, wow, this stuff really works, and sure enough, it worked. And he noticed that if he took the same medicine and said, eh, you know, didn't say anything about it or even talked down about it, it didn't work so great. And, you know, just that concept, if you let that one sink in and you go, holy mackerel. So if we're talking about a medicine, a medicine works better or worse based on the way that we think, how else could that affect our lives? And, in fact, he, he became um, a psychiatrist, and he would treat you know, everything from alcoholism to I mean, all kinds of stuff. And the, the most powerful thing that he ever found was an affirmation. And the affirmation was, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And so he would have his patients say, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And sure enough, what happens is they became better and better. And so we look at something like that. Okay, so there's a key kind of a, a shift in awareness in the world, which you know, starts to crack, kind of crack open this whole uh, you know, personal growth, personal awareness, personal power, personal whatever, you know, it's like it starts to crack that open and then you come into, you know, the 20th century where, where Napoleon Hill, who was born, you know, very, very poor, was making something of himself. He's going to college. He's actually putting himself and his brother through college at the time. He's working for, for a newspaper, you know, to put himself through college. And the newspaper is doing a series of articles on success and successful people. And one of the things that he got to do is he went and he was assigned to interview Andrew Carnegie. And Andrew Carnegie at that point was one of the wealthiest people in the world. And something that you know, many people don't know about him is that he started off very, very poor. And, uh, you know, from Ireland, I believe, and... and uh, um, uh, Ireland or Scotland or something I don't know what one of those places but uh, where it rains a lot and and he came over very very poor and he was always told by his mother that you know man if we can just get to America the streets are paved with gold you know and and sure enough they went to America and he created his dreams as far as the financial end of it and um, so so here's Napoleon Hill still pretty poor, but, you know, already doing something with his life, you're going through college, and he's interviewing wealthy, one of the wealthiest people in the world. I, I, I can't even imagine myself in his shoes, but he's sitting there and going, you know, what's the secret of your success? And Carnegie, who had actually been thinking about that for a long time, he, he had had his own ideas. He says, how about what I do as I set up interviews? You can interview people all over the world, the most successful people in the world, and then you tell me. This will be a 20-year quest of, of figuring out what, you know, what makes successful people successful. And, um, you know, many people know the story, you know, because 
Finger Grow Rich is a very popular book. And, and you know, Carnegie interviewed 500, or excuse me, Hill interviewed 504 of the most successful people on the planet and after 20 years of study wrote the book, They Can Grow Rich. And he got a lot of resistance, a lot of flack, but think and grow rich. So we're, we're back to, you know, what was the differences between people? What were the differences? There were tons of differences. What was the common thread? That's what he was looking for. And what he found was is that the common thread was a particular way of thinking. And so he wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich, and he put it out there. And as a result of writing the book, Think and Grow Rich, many people have become amazingly wealthy. So now we go and, you know, average person goes and reads or, you know, you and I or whoever, we go and read the book, Think and Grow Rich. We look at it, we read it, and we go, wow, this is really good stuff. You know, it's just like reading any of the other personal growth stuff or even, you know, sometimes it's seminars or whatever where we, we listen to stuff and we go, this is really good. Or we go, oh, well, I already know that. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm glad, you know, somebody else is teaching this because, gee, if only everybody thought like me, you know, then the, this world would be a better place, you know, or, you know, whatever. And so, I mean, that was actually me in my basic seminar. I was pretty, I was pretty self-righteous, you know. <laughs> there I was and I was working 14 to 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, my longest relationship was a year and a half, and, and I figured that sooner or later it would be better. And I was doing the same thing over and over again. And funny thing, I was expecting a different result. And you know, as as you may recognize that, that was Einstein's definition of insanity. And you know, if somebody had said, you know, are you insane before that, I would have gone, of course not. You know, I'm a successful guy. And um, you know, but that's how Einstein would de- define insanity. And you know, when I heard it, I, I actually let it sink in. I went, gee, many Christmas, I've been doing the same thing over and over again, and I, I keep expecting it to be different. Well, that's the same stuff we do with our wealth and abundance and, and, and uh, you know, it, literally a lot of things in our lives. We expect things to be different or we expect other people to change or, or circumstances to change or, you know, we're a victim to life or the economy or, or whatever it is, and we we don't see that there are possibilities for us to change or, or, or to create what we want to create. So back to Napoleon Hill for a moment. Napoleon Hill wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich. We read the book, Think and Grow Rich, and go, this is great stuff. You know, we, we see the secret, and we go, wow, that's awesome. You know, I, I often ask that in the basic, and I say, how many of you have, have uh, you know, watched The Secret? And probably half the class raises their hand. And I go, that is a, you know, cool video, isn't it? And everybody goes, yeah, that stuff's great. I go, how many of you actually consistently apply that to your life? Usually it's not one hand. And so, you know, I mean, part of what I want to talk about, certainly, will we talk about some concepts here? Yeah, and I mean, we're already starting to do that. I mean, that was, that was in the intro of this thing. And the big trick here, the big stumbling block or the big challenge isn't knowing about it. The number, you know, the biggest challenge is taking the stuff that we know and getting past our thought processes so that we apply this to our life and we apply it consistently and we create the life that we want to create. And so, you know, so a little bit more about Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill defined wealth 12 ways. And in the book, he also said, is an interesting kind of a thing, he, 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 in the book, he, he says, you know, he, within these pages is a secret. And, you know, the secret is, you know, it's all, all through the book. But, um, you know, I'm not going to say he hears the big secret. And so he just leaves it to the reader to, you know, to ponder that and to figure that one out. I mean, if you go, if you go on to uh, the Internet and kind of Google Napoleon Hill's secret, you will get a whole bunch of people with all their opinions and, you know, all their you know, here's why I know what this secret is, and it's 20 different answers of what they think the secret is. You know, I, and, you know, uh, and I can certainly, I could, I could tell you what my opinion of what the secret is, but I don't even know necessarily for sure 100% whether I'm right. But, but you know, the, what I will certainly do is this. I'll say he defined wealth 12 different ways. And what he did was he defined them in order of, or he listed them in order of importance. And the interesting thing is he put money as the last, number 12 out of 12, lowest on the list, he put money. 
for, for ways to define wealth. And, and then he went and he, he titled the book Think and Grow Rich. And of course, when people read Think and Grow Rich, they, they think richness and they think money. Most people think money you know, first up, but he wrote that as last on the list. You know, and not saying it's not important, but what he did is he defined that you know, from his observation was that it was actually the least important of all the 12 things. Now, the thing that my question would be is, what was number one on the list? And so I'm, I'm kind of asking that out to everybody that's listening right now. Going, what was first on the list? First on the list was, it was he abbreviated it, PMA. And actually, this is some of the some of the listeners right now are going, oh yeah, you know, but which was positive mental attitude, positive mental attitude, wealth, positive mental attitude, first on the list. So the question is, is how do I control my attitude? The question is, how do I become positive where I've not been positive in the past? How do I become positive in relationship to money? How do I become positive with abundance? How do I become positive about what's possible for me? How do I become positive about my relationships? How do I become positive about my peace? How do I become how does my positiveness affect my world? How does that how does that what I know that I know that I know that what I put out how does that come back when what I'm, what I realize is that I've been programmed to be negative. I realize that I've programmed to be, to be angry. I've been realized that, you know, that I've been programmed to do all these things that I know that I know that I know, don't work. How do I become positive? And by the way, if I am positive, and this is Carnegie's opinion, first and foremost was having a positive mental attitude. Everything else is a result of. So let's take a step into the secret. So again, I ask people in the class, you know, how many people have seen the secret? They raise their hands. How many people use it? And so then the question is, what keeps us from using it? And I could go through the details, the specifics of, you know, okay, uh, set a specific goal. You know, get yourself a vision. You know, ask for it. You know, create an environment of gratitude where you're appreciative of your life. You're appreciative of you know, everything that you do have, allow yourself to receive, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But get it out there. What you put out comes back. You know, the law of attraction. You know, so, you know, I, again, I can get into the specifics, but I don't re- need to redo the secret. I don't need to redo Think and Grow Rich. You know, I don't need to, you know, look and say, okay, look in the Bible. Ask and ye shall receive. Hmm, there you go. Gee, you know, you start to look at it. it, it the truth is it's around us everywhere. The truth is, is if we, we go into the basic seminar and we, we talk about giver's game, we talk about win-win, we talk about intention, we talk about workshop, we talk about the I am, we talk, you know, we talk about giver's game, you know, what goes around comes around, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and again, the big thing is how do I actually take this stuff and apply it to my life? And the truth is, is that the answers are everywhere. The challenge is, how do we get past our own thought processes? And we're going to be getting into into questions later on here, which I think the questions are really a, a very important part of these these uh, you know these little teleseminars that we do, because it's the real world of people's struggles with. It's like, man, I know these answers, but how is it that I apply it to my life? And but the awesome thing about us as a human being is, is that we have the ability to think about what we're thinking about. Now, you know, you know, other animals, as far as we know, don't have that ability. You know, once they get programmed, they get programmed, and frankly, they don't have any free choice. We have the ability to investigate our own programming and make choices that are inconsistent with our programming. In fact, I will say this, my belief, the most difficult thing that you or I will ever do is to behave inconsistently with our programming. Meaning doing things that are different than the way that we've been raised, the things that we've decided, and the things that frankly we've created evidence for our entire lives that you know that that we support with all that evidence. You know, so anyway, like I said, I, I could talk and talk and talk about a lot of this stuff. I do want to touch on some some things here. I certainly can touch on some 
you know, technique kind of stuff uh, as well. But, but if we just take a look at something like Giver's Game, we take a look at the concept, uh, uh, you know, as ye sow, so shall ye reap. What goes around comes around. If we just take that concept and say, okay, if I want more in my life, if I want abundance in my life, Certainly, do I need to be able to think abundantly? Yeah, I need to be able to think abundantly. You know, and <clears throat> if I know that I know that I know that givers gain and what I put out comes back, what I'm going to do is I'm going to become more conscious of what I'm putting out. And, and if, you know, if what I put out is anger, then, gee, what do I get back? I get anger. You know, if, if I put out giving and contributing and abundance – and uh, 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 that I matter in the world, uh, that I have the ability and uh, absolute right to love myself as others. Um, this one law starts coming back. You know, uh, we look at, at um, uh, you know techniques in the basic seminar uh, uh, intention. Intention, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the least understood concepts of the basic seminar. And many people think it's, it's willpower that they somehow, you know, in their mind they get us like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, you know, kind of a thing. It's like, no, no, intention is not that way. Intention is, from my perspective, uh, has been completely inexplicable for hundreds of years, thousands of years. It's been completely inexplicable. Until the advent of quantum physics, with quantum physics, we start to explain this stuff scientifically. And scientists go, oh, yeah, well, gee, what you put out comes back. Well, gee, we're all connected. Gee, you know, we are all energy. Gee, we are, you know. And all of a sudden, the things that, that frankly, Science Seminars has been presenting since 1973, which, frankly, were viewed as being pretty kind of out there and kooky, now the scientific community is going, well, of course. You know, I was like, well, this is, this is the way it is. You, know, you kind of go, hmm, that's funny. You know, we've gotten a lot of flack of it, about it over the years. You know, but intention, seriously, create a vision for yourself. Get absolutely clear on what it is that you want. You know, and I, I, and we'll get to one of the questions, uh, uh, or the different questions, but this is the kind of question that will come up. You know, it's like, you know, is this important or, you know, for me to define it? Um, you know, or what have you, and, and get clear on what it is that you want. Most people don't take the time to do that. Most people won't do it because, frankly, if you do do it and you start to behave inconsistently with your programs and you start to create evidence that is inconsistent with your program, meaning if, you, if you've never lived with abundance, if you've never lived with wealth, and all of a sudden you create wealth, what will you do? You will lose that wealth. You know, just like you know, $64,000 question. $64,000 question, game show in the 50s, right, where, you know, like the million-dollar pyramid, right, when you answer all the questions, you get the $64,000. $64,000 back then is over equivalent over a million dollars today. You know, and sometimes I ask the question to people, if somebody handed you a million dollars, would it significantly improve the quality of your life? And most people will go, absolutely. And the other people will go, well, I don't know, but let, you know, let's give it a go. <laughs> go ahead and hand me that million. You know, and, and, but the truth is that as far as the statistics are concerned, you know, we look at the people that win the lottery. And they used to give it all in a one lump sum. And, and people would get the million or two million or seven million or ten million or whatever that number was. And what are the statistics? Within a year or two years, People are as bad off or worse off financially than they were before they won the money. And then there are the people that opt for the, you know, gee, I want the uh, paycheck every month. And they're sitting there waiting for a $50,000 paycheck. You know, they're watching for the mailbox for that thing to be delivered because they've run out of money a couple days before. You know, and so, you know, certainly all of this stuff that we've been, you know, that we're talking about, how we think and how we think about ourselves and how we think about money and, and how we think, whether we deserve it or not, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera, is all tied in here and is all a part of who we are. And so back to the $64,000 uh, question, um, uh, you know, they did a, a, 
uh, a study on the winners of the of the sixty-four thousand dollar question. And the question, you know, the, the, what they were looking to do was how many of those people actually significantly improved the quality of their lives. <clears throat> and and the, my understanding, of the study found that there was one person out of all the people that won the sixty-four thousand dollars, one person significantly improved the quality of their life. And that was Dr. Joyce Brothers. Now, Dr. Joyce Brothers, she didn't have wealth before. What was different about her? What was different about her is that she knew that unless she thought differently about herself, unless she thought differently about money, she would never be able to either... Um, she, she would not either be able to hold on to that money or certainly by no stretch of imagination would, would make it grow. And so she was working on her way of thinking about herself, about abundance, about wealth, and that was what made the difference for her. And so, you know, like I said, we can go to old – I mean, this ties into the I am – you know, this ties into it's like we go to the basic seminar and we're introduced to a concept like workshop. At workshop, what do you use workshop for? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, as I was I was up in Canada. I was doing a seminar and and the uh, you know the area director came to me at the time and and she goes uh, you know hey you know would you mind doing a workshop a little mini workshop on on Saturday evening after the basic seminar to to graduates as long as you're here would you mind doing a workshop on workshop <laughs> you know and and I go, hmm, that, that, I like the, I like the name of that workshop on workshop. And she goes, uh, you know, because people, you know, they get they get introduced to this concept of workshop, but they have a hard time using it. And I said, sure, I'd be glad to. So, you know, we had you know a small group of people, it was maybe thirty, forty people out there, and and so I start off, and as opposed to me going through workshop one more time, I go, okay, how many of you have ever used workshop? And they raise their hand. A whole bunch of people use Workshop. I say, how many of you are now consistently using Workshop? Two people raise their hand. I said, so when you use Workshop, what value do you get out of it? They go, oh my gosh, you know, you know, they're answering, you know, there's they're listening, all this stuff, right? You know, and and so then I go, you know, actually, this wasn't the order. As I'm thinking about this, I actually asked the question of what do you get out of it before I ask the question of how many people are consistently using it. I asked the question, what do you get out of it? And they were all, you know, it's amazing things and this and that, whatever. And, and then I asked the question, how many of you are consistently using it? And two people raised their hand. And I started asking them, you know, what they were doing. It turns out that two people that raised their hand weren't really using it consistently either. And so, so once again, we get into the question. We know this stuff. We know techniques, but we don't do it. Why not? The why not is because it's not consistent with who we think we are. It's not consistent to what we think we deserve. You know, and, and so, you know, let's talk a, uh, you know, a few things about some of the roadblocks. You know, I have a friend, and, you know, before he did the basic seminar, and, and uh, you know, I mean, really neat guy, really fun to be around and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, um, um, uh, you know he, he, he works as a chauffeur. And I think a show, any job, I think, is an honorable job. And I don't want to, by any means, communicate that it, it's not an honorable job. He just wasn't making much money. And so we were talking about wealth. And, um, you know, and you know, he was saying, yeah, man, I'd like, to have a, you know, I'd like to buy a house and I'd like to buy a piece of property that I could do this and I'd like to do this with kids or, you know, whatever it was. And we talked and we talked and we talked. And he, he says, you know, he says, you know, the only people that I know that are, that are wealthy – are jerks, and I went, "Wow, that's cool, you know, and so I go, so is that what you feel about about um you know people that are wealthy? They have to be jerks in order to be wealthy? And he thought about it for a second, he says, yeah, he says everybody I know that's a, you know is a jerk, and they're they're selfish, they're greedy, they're you know, and in fact, a lot of people they're you know they steal or they they rip people off to you know they trick people or they they work the system you know or whatever it, you know whatever it is. And I went, okay. And so, you know, we got down to it, and, and I said, Eric, do you realize that if you have that belief about wealthy people, or those beliefs, I mean, it's kind of a whole group of beliefs, so does it make sense that you will never, ever become wealthy? And it, it didn't sink in at first to him, but, you know, uh, you know finally it, it got in, and he goes, and so, I, I mean, I, 
you know, again, this is not about me, but I asked him, I go, Eric, do you think I'm wealthy? And he goes, well, yeah. <laughs> and I go, you know, and he goes, yeah, I've seen your house, and I know, yes. And I go, do you think I'm a jerk? <laughs> you know, so that was a pretty, that was a pretty risky question for me to ask. But, uh, and he goes, no, well, no, <laughs> you know, you know, and I go, okay. <laughs> so, so maybe it's time to collect more evidence that supports a healthy belief about wealth, you know, and, and so, but, you know, it's kind of like the light went on. And again, the, the awesome thing about us as human beings is we can think about what we think about. We can think about our thought process about wealth. I mean, one of the things that people have is they go, oh, it's too hard. You know, if you read Think and Grow Rich, you know, he talks about a, you know, a, a, a specific defined purpose. You know, what is your purpose in life? Most people never take the time to define their purpose in life. Most people don't want to, or some people are scared to. You know, and it's kind of like reading a personal growth book. You know, you read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and, you know, and you read it, and you go, oh, this is cool. But you never do any of this stuff. Or, you know, you listen to Tony Robbins or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, he says, stop the tape. You know, this is back when it was tapes, right? Or, you know, I had CDs or what. Stop the CD and do this exercise. You know how many people actually do the exercise when he says stop the tape and do the exercise? Not many. Very, very, very few. And then we sit there and the next time we, oh, yeah, Tony Robbins or, or you know, Andrew Carnegie or, you know, Thinker or The Secret or whatever, and we go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that one. Well, knowing that one is never enough. And the truth is it doesn't have to be as hard as you might think. Now, I mean, certainly does it take being willing to pay a price? Sure. And I, I would say that the, probably the, my, from my viewpoint, the biggest price is, is being willing to investigate my own thinking about what I deserve or what I'm capable of or whether I'm worth it. You know, I mean, if I have a belief that says that I'm unlovable or that I'm not enough or I'm unworthy and I don't deserve it, how will I ever attract wealth and keep it, maintain it, or grow it? I can't. Because my unconscious program, my unconscious thought process, their only function in life is to survive. And so if I have a belief that says that I'm not enough or I'm unworthy, I don't deserve it, what I will do for the, what that part of my thought process will do, what that belief system will do is for the rest of my life, it will create evidence. It will attract people into my life that support that belief. It will create situations that support that belief. And so a question becomes, well, who am I? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to become? Who am I becoming? Now we're getting into the concept of affirmations. We get into the I am concept. And we tell ourselves, when we create an affirmation for ourselves, maybe we, you know, we're in PLD or this or that, whatever it is, and we create an affirmation, but we don't consistently do the affirmation. I am wealthy. I'm experiencing abundance. And then we laugh and we go, you know, it's like I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. You know, we're, we're into Stuart Smalley. You know, um, for those of you that don't know it, it's, you know, old Saturday Night Live, uh, you know, character that uh, frankly is now uh, in the Senate for the state of Minnesota. So anyway, he's, he's, he's overcome. His, his, uh, it obviously worked. His affirmation worked. So, um, uh, but uh, uh, anyway, and we can get into, you know, the how-to, but if I don't, if I have a belief that's inconsistent with it, the battle is with the beliefs. How do I overcome the beliefs? Become consciously aware of the belief. Do conscious battle with the belief. Catch myself when I react and I know that I know that I know. I ask this question all the time. How many of you know that you know that you know that you've ever had an attitude that you knew didn't work, but yet you still had that attitude? How many of you have an attitude that you know that you know that you know doesn't work but still have the attitude? And people raise their hand. Then you're, you don't have an attitude. Your attitude has you. How do you ever shift your attitude? Consciously become aware of your attitude. And make a conscious change to change it. And in the basic seminar, what do we do? We give you techniques. We jump up and down. We say, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. Guess what? You can jump up and down and yell, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited, anytime you want and shift your attitude. Most people don't do it. 
<laughs> you know, so it's like some people go, oh, my goodness, this is a wonderful, uplifting talk. Well, here's the exciting part. Do it. You know, and study yourself. Don't just go back into the same old patterns after you did your basic seminar. Don't just go right back into the same patterns and then beat yourself up because, gee, I should have known better. No, no, no. You're doing the best that you know how. You are doing the best that you know how right now. The awesome thing about uh, another awesome thing about us as human beings, we can learn from other people's mistakes. We can learn from other people's lessons. We don't have to learn our own lessons by ourselves. And frankly, if you're not experiencing the amount of wealth and abundance that you that you want, how are you going to learn that lesson? Think of Napoleon Hill. He interviewed 504 of the most successful people on the planet. You know what he got out of those interviews? He got to find out what worked. He got to write about it. He got to teach it. You know the best way to learn something? Teach it. Pass it on to somebody else. (laughs) By the way, that's one of the reasons why I facilitate basic seminars. I went, this stuff is really good. I'd really like to learn this. And I've now been facilitating for over 20 years and I, you know, I don't know what percent I have, but if I've got ten percent, that's an awesome amount. And I look at my own life, and my my own life is amazing. My own life is incredible. You know, and I'm not psych seminars poster boy. You know, what will I say? Do I know that I know that I know that givers gain? Sure. Do I give? Do I contribute? Do I work on loving me? Absolutely. Do I work on my own worthiness? Do I know that I know that my major limiting belief is I'm not enough? Yes, that's mine. And that is the biggest thing that I will ever have to overcome in order for me to attract, maintain, and grow what it is that I want. And the exciting part of this thing is I never arrive. There's always another level for who I am becoming. You know, it's like I'm not, you know, some perfect, you know, sit up on a pedestal and look down. You know, no, no, no. I, I, I'm way, way different human being than I was in 1991. Yeah, it was 22 years ago. I, I'm way different, and I'm becoming more of the man that I want to become every day. Yeah, you know, so, you know, like, again, I could talk about specifics. I could talk about, you know, it's like, but one of the things I'll say, create a vision for you, and real quickly, I did something called Vision Quest back probably 20 years ago by now, and it was hosted by a man named Bruce Conching, which is he's a really really neat man. And and um, basically, we sat there and, and wrote a vision for ourselves. It was funny because my future wife, who I didn't know necessarily was my future wife at the time, was also in that same Vision Quest. And we went out there and we we wrote a vision for ourselves, and we came back in and we colored our goals. And those of you that have seen The Secret and, you know, seen John Asaraf talking about his, you know, his, uh, you know, his house that he wanted and all of a sudden he looked at that, you know, that, uh, you know, vision board and he saw, oh, my goodness, that's where I live. Well, here I am. I'm coloring my goals and I'm picturing myself living on the side of a mountain, uh, you know, overlooking the ocean. And I've got a wife there and three children and... Um, um, uh, you know, and anyway, that's my vision, right? So I go and write that vision. I color that vision. And uh, so it, what was funny at the time was uh, my future wife, whose name is Nancy, she did her vision board, and we kind of showed each other our visions, which is, a, is an important part of that particular uh, technique that we had done is sharing it with people that will support you. And so here she pulls out her vision board, and, She's living at the beach over, on a hill overlooking the ocean, and she has a husband and three children. <laughs> <Do, do, do. laughs> there we are, and we're looking at each other, vision board, and we look at each other, and we went, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know? And here I am. I live at the beach on a hill overlooking the ocean, and I'm married to the woman of my dreams, and I have an amazing family, and I have three children. I don't know what it'll take for you to believe 
But I have enough evidence in my life that I know that I know that I know that when I create a vision for me and when I give and I contribute, when I make a difference, the more difference that I make to other people, the better my life and my world becomes. And I don't do it because I know that it will make be better for me. I do it because it makes my world a better place. And does it come back? Yeah. As ye sow, so shall you reap. Anyway, that, like I said, I've got a, you know probably a few wrap-up words. And again, we could talk about specifics and and you know techniques and all that stuff. And what I recommend to people: go buy Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, look for the secret that's in there. Go buy the secret. Watch that thing over and over and over again. And at the same time, keep learning from it. You know, get the I am. Uh, CD from Sci Seminars, you know, or download it onto your iPod or whatever, and listen to it. You could listen to it a hundred times, and you will get something out of it every single time. Or let's let's put it this way: you could, you can. I challenge you to, you know, do those things. You know, read the stuff, do the stuff, and don't get stuck in just reading and listening and all that stuff. Go out there, create a vision for you. Figure out what it is that you have that you can trade for wealth and abundance. You know, one one of the key uh, concepts here, um, man or woman is paid in direct proportion to the service that they render mankind. Man or woman is paid in direct proportion to the service they render mankind. If you're doing something one-on-one with somebody, great. If you can take what it is, if it's a positive thing that contributes to them, great. And if you can take that, whatever that you're doing one-on-one with somebody, and multiply that by a thousand, guess what? It's a thousand times comes back. So if you want more, figure out a way to be of service to more people. What you will look at is find the people that have the most wealth. Figure out what they are doing. What they are doing to contribute to the greatest number of people. That would be evidence for you that supports you doing that as well. But find a need and fill it. Man or woman is paid in direct proportion to the service they render mankind. Create, be more of service to people. Contribute. Givers gain. As ye sow, so shall ye reap. You know, and so with that, if we can, I know we've got some great questions. And I, I hope I haven't gone over time on this thing, but, but uh, I know we've got some great questions, and, and uh, I'd love to get to those as well. So anyway, uh, what do you got for me? I have got some questions for you, and you've been answering a lot of them as you've been going along as well. So the first one, though, is how do you operate from a place of abundance if your own family is pre-programmed to do the opposite? Well, you know, the truth is this is reality, isn't it? I mean, this this is what people go through. They're surrounded by negativity or they're surrounded by uh, lack or scarcity or whatever it is. And so one of the things is to start to be able to uh, recognize the choices that you're making. We, many people, when, when they ask questions, they're asking how-to questions. You know, how do I do this? How do I do that? Uh, we didn't touch on it, but there's a concept called be, do, have. Most people think that I need to – it works the other way around. They, they do things – and then they have things, and then they be some way. So in other words, they do the work, then they have the money, and then they're happy. You know, and the, the, the concept here is it actually works the other way around. Be happy, and as a result of being happy, you'll do the things you need to do, and then have the things you want to have. Or, or, you know, uh, uh, and so it's, you be happy is the first thing. So be happy. You know, be passionate, be excited. You know, so, so one of the things, again, we're, people focus on the how-to. F- first of all, get clear that what you want to do is you want to change the way that you think. Get clear that you want to no longer be a victim to the way that you were raised. And frankly, you were raised the best way that your parents or whoever raised you, they raised you the best way that they could. They raised you the best way that they knew how. So forgive them for for that. Forgive yourself for whatever it is that you haven't achieved that you would like to. Forgive yourself for not being the person that you want to be. 
uh, at this moment in time and know that you know that you know that you're the best that you can be and start to look around. And here's a technique. Technique is start to go count your blessings. Go look at the abundance that you do have. Go look at other countries. If, you, if you're in this country and you're alive, you are better off than 98 or 99% of the people in the world. If you start to appreciate that and you start to look at the abundance they actually do have, that starts to shift your attitude. So I'm just talking, this is just kind of one of the things that kind of pops into my mind, but consciously become aware of it and consciously start to do things different and think different. And certainly it's one of the reasons why somebody goes to the basic seminar, they get their entire family or the, everybody else in their company or whatever it is to go to the basic seminar and go to advanced seminars and, and all that stuff because the more people that you have of like mind, the easier that this becomes. You know, one of the techniques in, in Think and Grow Rich is, you know, Napoleon Hill talks about is he talked about Carnegie. Carnegie was a, you know, huge uh, guy in steel production, you know, kind of back in the day. And, and uh, he didn't know anything about steel production. And they asked him, they go, you know, you've got all these people in your mastermind uh, that, you know, are just these, you know, phenomenal people that, you know, you know, that know all about the ins and outs of making steel and et cetera, et cetera. And they go, they go, what's your job? And he goes, my job is to, is to get all these people to work in harmony. Well, I personally look at that's business. I own a business. What's my job? My job is to actually get these people to work in harmony. And the truth is sometimes I'm more successful at it than others. <laughs> but my, my job is to get people to work in harmony. And what did, what did Carnegie do? He reaped the rewards. You know, so we can look at that as big or as small as we want to. You know, we can start with our family, but we can, go, you know, we can go global with the thing. Or we can take it to business or take it to city, state, country, government, whatever it is. All right? So anyway, next question. Okay. How do you overcome blocks to receiving abundance? Overcome blocks to receiving abundance. Well, that's, that's, that's good. Well, I, I would say certainly uh, identify what the blocks are first. You know, and that's a part of the value of the basic seminar. Part of the value is to become aware that you do have limiting beliefs. Part of the, you know, part of the basic, you know, certainly are there tools and techniques in there? Yes. But until you overcome those limiting beliefs, you will not even do the tools and techniques. You know, people are, oh, man, I'm so tired, but we don't do relaxation cycle. Really? Don't use screen of the mind. Really? <laughs> Why not? Because your beliefs don't want you to. If you start doing these things, you will create results that are inconsistent with your thought process. So how do you overcome blocks? Consciously recognize what your blocks are. Put this stuff into place. And for many people, it's get with somebody else. It's kind of like a workout partner. Again, I'm, I'm talking how-tos and you know, that stuff where beingness is the most important thing. But find somebody else that wants to come along with you. That's one of the reasons why people do PLD. It's one of the reasons why people enroll people in the basic seminar. You know, they want to surround themselves with people that will support. Frankly, we don't get support from people that are closest to us sometimes. Sometimes we get the most resistance from people that are closest to us. You know, so identify those blocks and, and you know, focus on what it is that you do want. You know, we go, go back and do, re-audit the basic seminar. And folks, if you've already done the basic seminar, do advanced seminars. And after you do advanced seminars, come back and re-audit the basic seminar. You know, we do a, a, an exercise called wants and considerations in, in the basic. Go do that one and think about how that applies to your life and what it is that you want. And, and I will certainly say you don't have to do a seminar ever. But identify what it is that you want. Create a vision for yourself. Identify the obstacles that are in the way, which are the limiting beliefs. Create support around you and go for it. So, again, I, I mean, I, you know, some of these answers I'm, I'm kind of – you know, thinking about, and I'm going, I don't know if the person asked it, you know, really go, oh, well, yeah, there you go, you know. But, but you know, it's like, well, I've been trying to overcome these blocks all my, I, my life. Stop trying. You know, stop being right about the blocks. You know, if you've got a belief that says I'm not enough, that's the belief that's controlled you in the past. Does it mean that it's one that controls you in the future? Not necessarily. But what you're going to have to do is you're the only person that can change that. No one else can. Okay, you ready for the next one? You ready for the next one? 
All right. I am having a hard time following through. I read and watch The Secret every day and listen to Jim Rohn tapes and Joel Osteen in my car. I just cannot get disciplined with myself like I used to. I used to be very disciplined and passionate about everything, but cannot physically get there now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these things are kind of sound really related to each other. You know, I mean, it's people feel mm-hmm. stuck and they know these answers. You know, especially this, you know, this one where, you know, you you read and watch the secret every day. You know the answers, but you're not doing anything different. Uh, number one, what I'll say is you're not alone. That shouldn't give you too much solace, and you know, it's like okay, so I'm not alone. Uh, you know, but but. The question, you know, I, I would love to actually have a conversation with the person that, that asked this question as opposed to just going, oh, here is an answer. You know, some of the things that I, I look at as I go, okay, what is the benefit of not being disciplined? You know that you know that you know that you have the ability to be disciplined. You know that you know that you know that because you know you've done it in the past. You've been passionate in the past. Uh, and by the way, one of the things that they, they say is I, I cannot physically get there. And my personal belief is that physicalness has nothing to do with it. This is all mental. This is all attitude. And so the thing is, is that, okay, now you know answers. You used to be passionate and excited. You know, you used to be disciplined, but now you're not anymore. So the question is, what are you being right about? What are you being right about? So in other words, are you being right that you don't deserve it? Are you being right that you are not capable? Are you being right that... It's way too much work. It's way, way, way too hard. My, another way of asking that question would be, what is the benefit of knowing the answers but not doing anything different than what you've, what you've done? And, and I'll, I'll share, and maybe this might relate. I don't know if it will or not. But in high school, I stared at one girl for four years. <laughs> and, and, and I never asked her out. <laughs> you know, it's like, so here's this girl, and I was just all, oh, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, it's like, i got to ask her out. It's like, oh, it would be wonderful. And, you know, it's all this stuff. And I, I'd plan out conversations that I had with her, and I never had the, you know, it's like, I look at it and I go, um, you know, Paul, you're, you're a borderline stalker back then. But anyway, the question is, and so what did I tell myself every day? Today, I told myself every day, today's the day. Today's the day that I go talk to her. But what did I do? What I did was every day I made up some excuse not to do it. Now, what was the benefit that I got out of never asking her? And, you know, I, I, sometimes I share this story in the basic seminar, and, you know, people kind of chuckle. And, and I actually, I go talk to special ed kids uh, sometimes in, you know, high school and stuff. And special ed kids a lot of times are, um, you know, some of those kids are, are just absolutely brilliant and incredibly pissed off. You know, and anyway, uh, but... Uh, you know, and you know. So anyway, I'm sitting in there in the, in the, you know, in the class, in the special aid class, and I, you know, tell, telling the story, and the, the kids look at me and they go, um, uh, you know, what, what are you doing? You know, it's like, why didn't you just next her? You know, and I go, I go, what are you talking about? You know, uh, and, um, uh, you know, what do you mean next her? And he go, here they go next, next, just go on to the next one. If she says no, go on to the next one. And, you know, the funny thing is I really stopped and I thought about it. And I go, what did I get out of never asking her out or never talking to her? If I never asked her, she was always a possibility. As soon as I asked her, that would either have been yes or no. And for me, the possibility was better than the relationship. The possibility was better than the possible pain of her saying no. And I'm not saying that that's what's going on with this person that asked the question, but here's the thing. You know all the answers, or you know answers, or you know techniques, or whatever it is, that you don't do them. What's the benefit of knowing those answers? Well, you can be right about knowing what it is. You can also be right about you not being enough. You're going to be right. The only question is, what are you going to be right about? So, anyway, next question. Okay. Next one is, sometimes I have difficulty coming from a place of abundance when there is scarcity. How can I be financially responsible and still create the space to receive abundance? For example, not hoard my money, 
Feel free to spend as necessary and know that more is forthcoming. You know, again, this is along the, it's, you know, we've got a theme going on here with these questions. You know, and yes, of course it's difficult to come from a place of abundance when there's scarcity. There is scarcity all around us. There's also abundance all around us. What you have been programmed to do is to recognize the scarcity that is around you as opposed to the abundance that, it's, that is around you. But you sit there and you see, you would argue with me. And again, I would love to talk to this person. This person might argue with me. No, 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 my life is, there's scarcity. It's like, man, I'm having a hard time making ends meet. I'm having, you know, it's like, man, there's more months than there is money. There's, you know, da, da, da. Look at the financial collapse. And it, you, know, you know what happens with the financial collapse? More, there's more, get my viewpoint, there is more opportunity in the quote-unquote financial collapse for people with a positive attitude to create wealth than at any other time. There is more shift of wealth because so many people, frankly, give up and settle for what they don't want to make ends meet. Where if what you do is, I mean, my, I'm in the motorcycle industry. Um, you know, one of the, uh, uh, one of the questions that I have been asked and, uh, um, you know, is, is how did I make my money? Where did I make my first million? You know, <laughs> you know what I do? I sell luxury items. <laughs> I sell luxury items. I sell motors, high-performance motorcycle suspension. No one needs what I have. They can ride around on motorcycles without anything that I sell. I've been in business 28 years. The best four years of me being in business have been the last four years. My industry has shrunk by 50%. And the last four years have been the best four years. Now, why do I say that? Do I say that because, oh, I'm so cool? <laughs> well, yes, I am. No I, no, I don't say that because I'm so cool. I say that because if I can do it, whatever it is, anybody else can do it. What is it that I do? I, I do everything that I learn as best to the best of my ability. I take what I learn from Sai Seminars. I take what I learn from... You know, whatever, think of a rich or the secret or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I take everything that I can. I do my darndest to apply it. I know that I know that I know that givers gain. And I work on that every day. Do I always do it 100% and incredibly successful? No. Sometimes I fall flat on my face. Sometimes I look back on it and I go, eh, man, I wish I would have done that differently. Or, gee, I could have done that differently, which actually has a, a, different, <laughs> a different message to it. I could have done that differently means that I've learned something. I wish I would have done something better can me being down on myself, and that really doesn't serve any purpose. But but um, uh, anyway, uh, and I, I, don't know, I, I don't know if I really answered that question, but it's like, I mean, here's the thing. Sometimes you have difficulty coming from a place of abundance, uh, and you know, sometimes people, they go, oh, abundance. What I need to do is give away all my money. That's not my interpretation of it. I'm not talking about hoarding money either. The same time, if you hoard, hoard a specific amount of money, and I don't know how much that is, it doesn't take long to go through that. What's your job? Your job is to be of service. Your job is to create value for, for the world. The more value you create, the more money you get. The, the more that you're creating that value, the more that it flows through you. Money flows through you. It doesn't come through you and stops. It flows through you. you know, and so some people read that as that they've got to spend all their money or get rid of all their money. I would certainly not say I will. Here's my belief. My belief is, number one, make more money than you spend. Number two, borrow money when you need to. Or get people to invest in you because you are so darn good at creating results for them and for you. The, the, the wealthiest people, have, to a very great extent, many, many wealthy people, have created abundance by, uh, with other people's money. Well, we may have heard that concept. Great, but what are you going to do with other people's money to create more money for them? Why should I believe in you? Why should I believe in you when you don't believe in you? 
So then we come back to the same question. What is it going to take for you to believe in you? You start believing in you. And when you borrow money, borrow money. If you, who's the, what's the best investment that you possibly can make? My personal belief, you. You invest in you. If you need to borrow money to invest in you, invest, borrow money invest in you. And be responsible about paying it back. Create a vision for yourself. Create a plan. Do this stuff. And certainly, you know, so when I say make more money than you spend, that doesn't mean just throw your money away. You know, and know that you know that you know that what you put out comes back, but not from throwing it away. So anyway, like I say, I mean, it kind of sounds like that the, the, um, the problem has been identified. You know, it's like you have a belief uh, that says that you, it won't come back or that you don't deserve abundance or what have you. And so my, my encouragement would be identify that limiting belief and then you can work on that one and, and, and move forward. So okay. next question. Well, actually, it's all the questions that we have time for this evening. So what I'd like to do is just have you kind of wrap up the call, Paul, and, and give us some um, things to close up. Sure, I'd love to. And, again, this is a subject that's just absolutely enormous. But, again, I hope that what I've, what I've put in place is really it's not a matter of knowing techniques. It's much more a matter of getting past your beliefs about you, about your world, about what you deserve, uh, and know that you know that you know that you deserve peace. You know, you deserve wealth. You deserve abundance. You deserve health. You deserve love. And, and one of, you know, sometimes people have a really, really difficult time accepting that about themselves, but they have no difficulty believing that about other people. In other words, they, they look at other people and they go, yeah, they, they deserve love, they deserve abundance, they deserve wealth, they deserve a peace. You know, and, but they have a difficult time really applying that to themselves. Well, you know, if, if we look at, for example, Jesus as a, as a, as a teacher, you know, and I don't care what your religions are, but you know, there's no question that Jesus was a phenomenal teacher. And my question is, what was his message? What was his main message? His main message was love. Love thy neighbor as thyself, you know, and love thy God, you know, and so that was his message. And so, and so what he says, love thy neighbor as thyself, it doesn't mean love thy neighbor and not thyself. It doesn't mean love thyself and not thy neighbor. You know, it means love thy neighbor as thyself. And so treat yourself as you would other people. Many times that's put in the, in the, in the context of treat other people as you would want to be treated. It's the same message. You know, feel peace. From feeling peace, give peace. Make a difference to your world. You know, um, um, you know we look at a, a concept in the basic seminar like intention. What is one of the points about intention? Get clear on what it is that you want and begin. How many mechanisms are there? The only answer that works in that concept is infinite. The only answer that works is infinite. And so if there are an infinite no, number of mechanisms, the most important thing is begin. Get clear on what you want and begin. You know, and, and so just, you know, there is, the truth is, is there are some times that I struggle with wealth. I struggle with abundance. I, you know, my money scenarios have way more zeros on the end of them than they used to when I did my basic. Yeah. You know, and again, this is not about me. But when I struggle, when I, you know, am up against it and, you know, things are happening out there in the world or whatever it is that I sometimes feel as though I'm a victim to, that I'm not in control of, one of the things that I keep going back to is that I know that I know that I know that givers gain. What I know that I know that I know, what goes around comes around. And so if I were to just kind of wrap this up with kind of one last thought, is my wish for you as, as, as a human being, I wish you peace. I wish you wealth. I wish you abundance and health and love. And it has been said, maybe not in its exact same way, but the greatest of these is love. 
the more that you allow yourself to love yourself, the more that you allow yourself to love others, the more it comes back in whatever form. But I know that I know that it comes back. And so with that, I wish you an extraordinary life. And thanks for having me on this call. I really appreciate it. Well, again, on behalf of Size Seminars, Paul, thank you so much for taking the time to share your insights with us this evening on how to create a life of wealth and abundance. Uh, really, my, my pleasure. Thank you. Okay. And again, thank you to everyone who is listening in. We hope you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to support you in living the life you desire. You will definitely want to attend the call next month. It is scheduled for Tuesday, July 9th. We will be exploring the area of forgiveness. You can register now at psiteleseminars.com. That's psiteleseminars.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. And just because the call is over doesn't mean the conversation has to end. Let's continue the discussion on Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash PSI seminars and share your thoughts on wealth and abundance. What did you get out of the call tonight? And how are you going to actually apply those and implement those in your life? We want to hear from you. And as many of you know, we actually post live updates during the call on Facebook, and we love having your feedback. So to learn more about Size Seminars and the courses that we have to offer, please go to SizeSeminars.com. That's P-S-I-Seminars.com. Thank you for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time to listen in. Have a great evening.